This is R&B, the podcast, Russ and Blake. This is the show that you'll love today. R&B, the podcast, Russ and Blake. Let me know if I make any mistakes. Or keep it to yourself. (laughs) All right, y'all. Welcome back to R&B Podcast with Russ and me, Blake. Thank God for this opportunity to have this conversation. Um, It's a little chilly outside. Yeah, man. How are you feeling today? I feel great. I feel great. Yeah, you woke up, trained the client. I woke up this morning. Uh, yeah, I got to the gym at 6.30, worked out myself, Real, and then worked with a couple clients. Head on over here to share some dialogue, and we had a little change of plans today, True. but it was really easy for us to segue into continuing on with the show, mm-hmm. and because of that, inspired the topic of adaptability. Yeah. And adaptability is something that I feel I've really had to work on because I am a fan of structure. I think that structure and organization and planning is important, but things don't always go as planned. Yeah, man. And the hospital taught me that because we try to anticipate so much, but you have to have a plan B and plan C. So in football, what makes for a good audible? Like how, if there's an offense that knows when to audible and where to go, mm. how do you train to make the right reads in a football team? Well, you have to understand the defense also, right? So know both sides of the ball and um, understand coverages and also have the communication of how you're going to signal the audible and the sometimes there's movement involved in changing the formation sometimes it's just a change of the play right mm-hmm. but the the head honcho the quarterback's going to be the one to make the decision of whether or not it's going to be necessary and um you know i think i think that you're actually a better audible caller than i am <laughs> because of madden yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny well, um, if I were to explain in Madden, an audible is similar to what you're saying. I mean, I'm reading the formation that the defense is in, and then I'm reading their intentions, whether they're going to be in a man or a zone. Uh-huh. Right. So if it's in a zone, I'm going to want to run a certain type of play. And if it's man-to-man, depending on if they're pressing my receivers or if they're right. off my receivers, mm-hmm. then I'm going to have them do a certain type of route. And the same goes for basketball to an right. extent, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, audibles occur when your original plan is obviously failing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you think about Division One basketball, it's so much of the same talent across the board. It all comes down to how they execute. Mm-hmm. And as the season gets longer and you get deeper into playoffs, execution is known by everyone. So now it's who's audibling or who is making right. variations out of their original plan better and quicker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Because uh, when you're at that level of competition, your skill is not going to be what sets you apart anymore. You mm-hmm. know? It's like, your execution. Yeah, the sure. guy lined up across from you is probably just as good as you or maybe even a little bit better than you. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to come down to the play calling and the execution. And, um, you know, taking that out of the sports context, 
I, um, you know, have explored different professions and I think a lot of people our age has done that and it's hard to get off of a path that you've already trailblazed, right? Mm. And explore a new opportunity or a new interest that you may have and part of that is being adaptable as well. Calling an audible in your life when things may not go as planned or, you know, maybe you met someone started a relationship and then you're making adjustments so that you can respect their wishes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that being able to do that is important and might be why some people aren't able to make certain relationships work out because you really do have to adjust your plan. If somebody else's life is going to be prioritized in yours as well. So, yeah. And and, I mean, we're talking about how the, first step of this is awareness of the fact that you even need to audible. Mm. Sometimes that's not so easy to read like within a relationship or even within your own personal growth. Mm-hmm. But what would they call that? Like not a red flag in the sense of it's something that would make you not want to talk to this person, but a red flag in the sense of, Oh, this is where I know that I need to make a change and I need to do it quick or I need to do it strategically to make sure that I uphold this relationship mm-hmm. or this endeavor. Yeah. That'd be a result of reflection, mm. right? If you sit with yourself and really think about your actions and your intentions and your desires and put it all together, then you kind of get an idea of whether or not you're being fair to yourself and the people you care about. Mm. And uh, that that has to happen at a certain time in your life also because you need to prioritize yourself. Yeah, You are the most important person in your life. So bringing somebody else into your life uh, can sometimes disrupt the progress that you're making with yourself, I think. Mm. And um, I don't think it's anything wrong with somebody admitting to that and maybe taking time to really focus on their self and make sure that they're in a place that it's appropriate for them to try to prioritize someone else almost as much as their own well-being, right? That's real. Yeah, that's really real because you're taking on a whole new set of responsibilities that you need to be Mm. held accountable for. Mm. It's good to be able to reflect. Right. And the same goes for having a kid. But a lot of people are forced into that situation before they're ready to do it. So Mm -hmm. it can be hard to be adaptable in that situation. But um, oh, dang. Yeah. Like a lot of times just the circumstances of life will make you have to audible. Right. You have to change. And I see a lot of people handle that surprisingly well, I think. Bro, I feel like that, you know, shout out to God, (laughs) to be honest, because no matter on how we perceive somebody's situation, seeing like looks like something that could derail them, or even if they believe it, there's still going to be an organizing principle around Mm. what they're doing. Yeah. You can always kind of come back to having faith that the right thing is going to occur, or this is at least going to turn you into the person that you're meant to be. Yeah, because I know I was anxious, like, leading up to becoming a father. Mm-hmm. Like, the closer it got, I was like, oh, this is actually happening. <laughs> and then I would look at other people I know that same age, and their kids are already, like, 8, 10 years old. And it's like, well, if they figured it out when we were 18, like, I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm equipped. Like, I just, I'm going to have to make some adjustments. You got to be adaptable. And, um, you know, I... I'm blessed to have come from good parents, and so I've I've seen 
firsthand what it takes to be a good parent. But uh, a lot of people kind of figuring things out on their own Mm -hmm. because they might not necessarily have the role models in their life that have displayed what any of that process looks like. And you can't really anticipate any of it anyway because it's different from kid to kid, family to family, relationship. Uh, And so, again, I commend people for figuring it out. Yeah. I, I think that I'm an intelligent person. I put a lot of uh, effort into trying to figure certain things out. But it seems like something that is just so natural to us and innate that, you know, the average person figures out how to be a parent. You know, mm-hmm. We can compare and try to label somebody as not a great parent or the best in the world. But when it comes down to it, they make it happen, raise these kids at least the 18 year commitment like mm-hmm. when people do something at that scale it should really make you feel powerful enough to do anything it is one of the hardest things you could possibly do probably one of the most amazing things you could possibly do and the most like inspiring thing should be yeah you know, for yourself and others is inspiring mm-hmm. for me a lot of the things that i want to create in my life are mostly to be able to foster like a healthy home uh-huh and I haven't gone off on that endeavor yet, but that's one of the more inspiring things is to have those principles around my house and yeah, you know, the area that my we should always be looking to change and grow, right? Yeah. How do you think? So it's it's January fifteenth, Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Reason why we're able to do yes. this in the middle of the day. I have the day off as an observed holiday, working in the school yes. system, and I'm wondering adaptability. Talking about the civil rights era talking about martin luther king jr you know imagine how adaptable these people had to be to certain climates they were in they would go to a part of our country to have a demonstration or even just to talk to people and they would get there and figure out that everyone had blockades set up for them or there were people trying to stop them from being able to come and speak and they had to figure out what was going to be best for them in that moment in that life you know constantly talking to their loved ones not knowing if they're going to make it to the next day still Mm -hmm. striving to get their message across and see the change happen in the world that they envision and that they believe in Mm. you know it's it's really interesting to think about how that uncertainty would sit within like your psychology you know knowing that everything you're doing is putting a bigger target on your back and whether it comes from legal problems or someone attempting to assassinate you, you're seeing your peers in <laughs> this field also get targeted and mm-hmm. you got to keep studying and keep praying and keep going. You know, it, it just is amazing to me to think about the spirit of the men and women that were in that civil rights era and how they stayed true to their mission and how we observe it on a day like today, but also not many people are, tapping into that energy as what we are observing today. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that should be recognized more frequently than one day. But, um, yeah, it is important today just to at least acknowledge those efforts because we don't have a lot of people like that. Are you saying like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Like that bravery? Is that kind of what you're saying? Like all of the people that were involved in that movement, you know, 
you know, that we we lack leaders in our community. And I'm not talking about just the black community. I'm talking about communities in general across right. the world. You know, um, I think that there are positive efforts being made by a lot of people. And but like you said, sometimes those efforts come with developing a target on your back. So, you know, as we look back on history, it is inspiring, but I can see why it could be scary to someone to like take that leap of faith to be that change in the world because somebody's gonna receive that opposite of your intentions. Mm -hmm. That's just how it's gonna be, especially as you move closer towards accomplishing your goal because someone is gonna be threatened by that change. Mm -hmm because we're not all adaptable. And so the people that aren't adaptable and open to change will often, you know, feel threatened in those situations. And that's when those kind of violent acts end up happening when there seems to be so much progress in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. And um, I talk about the importance of collaboration pretty often, because I think that that's just one of the most amazing things that we are able to do with our minds as humans is collaborate with each other and cooperate with each other and for sure do that at a scale. Right. Yeah. And then, so when I see so much, uh, confrontation and aggression and disagreement, that's like a really low level of thinking and interaction to me. But we also view that in people of power and status, right. That are leading, countries and organizations so it gets a little convoluted and what is the proper way to make the world a better place because it's like the little guy working his way up hits a ceiling and is met with a lot and then if you're already in a certain position there does have to be a level of matching those other people or else your collaborative efforts aren't going to be received mm. So it almost feels like certain good people have to diminish their approach a little bit so that they can mesh a little bit better with everybody else. So I only say this because I would like to increase the awareness of the difficulty of that road, but the importance of having people that are willing to do it. Because mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of things, a whole lot of jobs that the average person is not going to be eager or willing to do. And I'm always extremely grateful for that one person that steps up to the plate, whether it's the trash man or a cleaner or the president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Those are three jobs that I don't want to necessarily do. So it's like when the right person gets in that position, everyone else that is fearful of making that journey needs to make even more effort to support that person that, is going to do a good job in that role. So then why why do you think that they're so oftentimes met with just criticism and judgments towards what they choose to do that actually helps everybody in a position that needs to be filled? Um, I mean, the people that aren't courageous enough to make the step are always going to have an opinion at the end of the day and, sure. and think they know the right way to do it. But at the same time, they won't do it themselves. So, yeah. you know, that's you the crowd. To, yeah, you have <laughs> that's to the crowd booing. have a middle ground there. But also, again, it's going to bring change to whatever is currently happening. 
when things are a certain way, they're that way for a reason, regardless of the context or setting. So when someone's coming in to alter that, there's going to be an opposing party. And, you know, if you want to have a political discussion, it's like, I just never understand having two opposing parties to make decisions. Because to me, it's always just going to be back and forth, tug of war, and never come to a conclusion. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, hopefully one person's faults would be learned by their opponent, and then they would do this kind of symbiotic growth cycle because they're forcing each other to adapt basically to what's necessary as we go through time in our country but yeah. there does need to be more opposing forces i mean that's the idea of competition you can't just have one or the other win all the time because it's better as a trio or it might be better as four or five yeah that's my thought that you know adding another i guess cut to the pie <laughs> mm -hmm. you know the 50 50 is just ping pong mm-hmm so, and there's a lot of other countries that have like learned this and do that. I mean, look style. at business structures. Mm -hmm. Any good business model is not two people making decisions ever, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It might even be one person, but as soon as it's just two, uh, oftentimes you're not going to be nearly as efficient in decision making. But um, again, the importance of collaboration, the importance of building a team, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Shoot, if we have three presidents, that might be a <laughs> better answer. That's interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, I think that division of power in certain settings is uh, very important because mm -hmm. um, power can be corrupt pretty easily. I mean, you see, like, a head coach that, you know, puts his hands on a kid because he, he just – feels like he's this dominant force, can't control himself. And it's like, well, that's abusing your power, mm -hmm. you know. You've seen it in educational settings. You've seen it in basically all relationships. It's like you you let that power boil over too much in one direction, then it's it's hard for someone to maintain that that responsibility in the way that they're supposed to. So Definitely. There, there needs to be some way to mitigate and uh, have... Um, some, I mean, the checks, Humility. the checks and balances, checks and balances. Yeah, right? it really should be. You know, the more that you're put in a position to be able to help people, because if you're a servant, if you're a president, like you're a servant to the people. In theory, if you're a coach, like you're serving your team, mm -hmm. you're put in a position to lead and most likely get paid more to serve more people, and right. that should be a humbling experience, right? Like for a human being, that should humble you more and be like, okay, now I have more responsibilities, more people are looking for me to make sure I make a sure decision and a righteous decision. Right. That should be a very humbling process. But for the people that you say, like, kind of let that power corrupt them and it goes to their ego that they are even in the position, then they will make choices sometimes that can be just, like, brash and aggressive because they identify as taking all the fault, right? You see, like, the head coaches, they get mad really quick. It's, mm -hmm. they know that if something goes wrong, it's yeah. all on them or yeah. they feel like it's all on them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it's a group. You represent a group and you're there playing one portion of what this collaborative, collaborative effort is. Right. And that should dissolve you back. And that should like humble you back because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm just one of 20 that are here today trying to make sure that this thing runs, mm -hmm. you know? If we just take the example of a basketball team, if somebody didn't turn the lights on before practice and mop the floor, 
like you have no foundation for a sound practice. You got a slippery floor that could be dangerous. You know what I mean? So it literally took everyone's effort for us to get to this finished product that's good enough to go compete wherever we compete at. Mm. You know, but the first person who takes that whole group and says that this is all on me, whether it be a player or a coach, no matter who it is, they're going to taint the entire group. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because now you're, you identify way too much with our result and you don't identify with like, our collective growth and yeah. resilience. It needs to always be us. It needs right? to always, no matter yeah. what. The success and the failures. That's why, you know, the whole squad got to run suicides because mm -hmm. Johnny showed up late, you know. Mm -hmm. But, of course, like, in the moment, nobody wants to take that accountability for someone else's actions. But that's also why uh, the coaches that are able to treat their players fairly and and have that level head and take accountability when it's necessary those are the ones that have the long-term success and then the that that has kind of a trickle-down effect into the team right because the the players see that level of accountability and and how the coach interacts with them and so they respect the coach in turn respect each other and then that's how you have the the proper cohesion to have a successful team dynamic as well so dude and and also back to how that emotion can show itself once you start adding people that the player or the coaches know into a crowd those people come and become spectators that seems to fuel that you know desire to make it all about you even more now mm. like your your woman is watching you play your family just came to watch you coach or yeah. play that's why you should always perform like you're being watched 100 percent, always always perform like somebody is watching you. Mm -hmm. And even, it's funny, because I remember when I was younger, I used to be at the park shooting around, and in my mind, it would, like, imagine, like, oh, man, like, Indiana's head coach just drove past in that car and, like, <laughs> peeped that there was a kid out here getting buckets. Like, I would think like that. Like, I was just always being watched by someone who could, like, put me on to the yeah, next level. Yeah. You would hit that one shot right when they drive by, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. wow. It'd be a dude on a bike. I'm like, oh, bro, he probably, like, it's got, like, every single person that would pass. I would just imagine, like, they were able to, like, kind of criticize me at the highest level, and they would see me and be like, oh, he grinding. He grinding. Look at this kid. Yeah, But yeah. it's never that. I don't just got to park by myself. Just... <laughs> using my creative imagination but but having that mindset kept you going and for it sure made you motivated and it did uh allow you to reap benefits in a different way because we never know what that moment is gonna look like so you never. still ended up having your moment and your opportunities mm -hmm. it just manifested in a, a different vision for sure yeah. it's it's so interesting how once you add somebody watching you and you know if they could put you on or something like that, how that can change your performance. But, but then it's, when you think that way, you end up not performing to your highest potential. For right? sure, yeah. bro. Because you see these professionals, they're the same exact thing all the time. Yeah, That's what makes them right. professional. They're able to just uh -huh. happen to the same performance, ability, and all this type of stuff. Yeah, there's nobody that could be in the stands that's going to get them out of their zone. Nobody. Because everybody's watched them at some point already. Everybody's <laughs> already critiqued, watched them. They yeah. just do the same thing over and over again for years mm -hmm. if they're blessed enough to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that when you set your sights high and really try to attain things that might seem out of reach and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing that a lot of times you surprise yourself. And again, I, I think that the end result isn't hardly ever what you expect it to be, but 
I just would like to inspire anybody listening to shoot big, you know, shoot for the stars because we need people to do that. And the worst thing that can happen is you you fall down and you get back up. Nobody's going to judge you for failing. When it comes down to it, you're going to get more judgment for never trying to do anything. Yeah, and from yourself. You yeah, know, and from yourself, which yourself. is the most important thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Your own perception of yourself. And when you try to do difficult things, you'll be more impressed with yourself and you'll respect yourself more. And that self-respect will manifest in other people respecting you. Mm. So, you know, I... I try to have conversations with a whole lot of different people. I have conversations with extremely confident people and conversations with people who don't believe in themselves at all. And then everywhere in between. And it's interesting because when it comes down to it, those people are facing similar, like, I guess, roadblocks in life and difficulties and misfortunes, but they just perceive it a lot differently, it seems. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's easy to feel like you're the victim in the situation. It's easy to feel like you're a victim when life isn't going your way, especially when it's happened consistently. And it seems like things are just stacking on top of each other. But the people I've met that are intentional about trying to make good things happen or, or step out of their misfortune to continue to do good for other people. The it's interesting how, um, positivity just seems to find its way back to them eventually because they don't let the negative things in their life take away from their how they operate right because mm. um we're gonna have a lot of roadblocks and unexpected events but once you dwell on those and let it take away from the time that you can spend really contributing to the world that's when you fall into a situation that's really hard to get out of but people see your efforts when you fight through those situations and that's how you kind of get a stronger team right yeah dude like the freedom that we possess is measured by how do you respond to things you know what i'm saying like with the freedom we have we're able to respond to different situations how we choose and i feel like that's the big indicator or difference between these people who are either really believing in themselves or really not believing in themselves mm. is because when things happen the people who super believe in themselves are like all right next next decision up like i got to just keep going whereas this person on the other end that might not have as much faith in their decision making is going to dwell on what happened to them and they're not going to get up and make the next choice you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. why I think people like to challenge themselves with things like playing golf or with little activities that are difficult because the people who start to get good get good at moving on from what just happened mm. quicker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And that's hey. like, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as you have that bad shot and you keep thinking about that one bad shot mm-hmm. and it's three holes later, like you just messed up your whole game. Yeah, I've experienced that so many times. Like I could go a whole 80% of a game with find decision making get to one part where it I mess up and it's like all right how quick am I going to get back to what mm. I know I am like how or how much am I going to think about this the way I just messed up and we've up? seen it happen so many times right somebody's yeah. they're cooking cooking and they have one bad play and they just mm-hmm. let it fumble into 
just a sloppy finish to the performance, right? For sure. I'm not even trying to judge the officials in the NFL because I don't know anything about football officiating, mm. and I know that they're professionals for a reason. But I do see sometimes in these playoff games, like, one call will go wrong, and then another call, like, soon after. And it makes me think, like, they're that trying first to make up one. For it. Yeah, that first yeah. one probably sparked their, like, awareness of uh, and pressure they feel. And then the second one was probably the mistake responding to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I mean I'm not no, trying to. That's judge a your, pretty accurate. Right, it looks like it sometimes. Yeah, and I I mean it's probably in all sports. I could see how the psychology of that because you want the crowd and the players to be on sure. your side, right? You, you feel the you want to be fair. Loss. The the ref does want to be fair. Yeah. Right? For so sure. when they're perceived as being unfair, they like subconsciously trying to make up for it and get everybody back on their side when really they need to put it behind them and yeah. move forward and just continue. Right? That's the right thing. And yeah. for the players too, for everybody, it's like the minute you failed or you were in error, you got to get right back on track mm-hmm. to being like the person that you're intending to or performing the way you're intending to. Yeah. And that goes right into life. You, know, you just got to take accountability. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's funny though. You watch somebody like a Michael Jordan, you know, watch last chance or We'll go watch his highlights. He was unconscious, bro. Like it's almost like the mastering of the consciousness that comes with failing players like him and Kobe. It's like they learned how to completely master their emotion when they fail and not think that their skills are diminished because of this moment of error. You yeah, know what I'm saying that's still 100% facing well, they, yourself. Yeah, different measurement system of their performance. They're they're literally out there to perform. Mm-hmm. I mean, they of course want to win as like a, a a product of their performance, but their goal is to perform at the highest level that they have been training to perform at. Yeah. And so once they've accomplished that, all the other things just fall into place, right? Because they're they're playing their role, and so at the end of the day, they the only way that they're gonna look negatively at their outcome is if they did not perform to the best of their abilities, but they're always bringing the same energy mm-hmm. night after night after night and didn't make any excuses and would take accountability and be back in the lab and fix up whatever mistake they made. They, they were confident that whenever they made a mistake, it wasn't going to happen again, mm-hmm. you know, and that mistake was going to propel them to be even better. And then the, the best of the best expect to fail because without the failures, you, never have the opportunity to build into the best possible version. True. You're not, then, you're not being pushed if nobody's making you fail. True. And then also they expect abundance, you know, right. eventually they expect for that to rain out and they drop 65, you know, they expect that the same tried and true formula will produce abundance. One of these moments, mm-hmm. probably more than less, you know, if you really have faith in it. Yeah. Cause they put the time in. Yeah, it's just it's so beautiful how our belief about what it is that we should receive comes into play as we're trying to master something and yield the certain results that it, we want from it. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't even know if it's like what we think we should receive, though. Hmm. You know, I feel like the the people that are really able to manifest. I mean, well, I guess. The idea of manifestation is really envisioning like what you want, but also a piece of that is just being happy and content in your own being and like knowing that your efforts are valuable. Sure. Like if you can imagine what you want, then the day to day getting to what you want 
is helping you walk in a purposeful step. So what I'm trying to get at is like, you know, the the Buddhist angle of like having wants and desires, right? Mm-hmm. Like leads to suffering. Right. So a piece of that is kind of just being content in the journey. Right. I, I think that the way you mesh these two is like I desire to be the person moment to moment that would get what it is that I want. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I like if you desire this certain result, then you have to love walking the path to your result. Because once yeah. you get to the result, it's like, man, whatever. The the path of what you're right, you know, walking is your purpose. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's because I, I totally agree with the Buddhist philosophy that the sufferings lead to desire. And like you're saying, that's only if you don't understand that like each moment is building to what it is right 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 you can't look past the journey towards the desire yeah yeah because then you just sit there and wallow everything's too far away to get to or everything's fleeting because like i'm saying once you get it it's not even cool anymore Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the real part of the boost thing is like that's what you have to come to grips with is like when you get this great reward you're still going to be sitting there just as a human being that's yeah you know more and that's science we were just talking before this about how it's the leading up to the exciting moment that you actually have that dopamine response, right? Mm. And then once you get there, that's when it drops off. So the same thing with any process leading up to it, that's what you need to learn to enjoy because that's what's going to be most meaningful and, and give you the the reward. Yeah, and the character development. Mm-hmm. Like as I'm striving, I'm, my character is being chiseled every single day and it's a beautiful thing. You know, as I'm embracing it, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I've talked about on this podcast where it's like, oh, you pray for strength and these hard things happen to you. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, can we to like tune yeah. that back a little bit? But it's like, no, because one day you'll be reflecting without the emotional attachment to it. And you're just going to feel all that light mm-hmm. that your traumatic experience morphed into from your healing process it's like this light you're carrying yeah it's kind of just uh that transition into a flow state right and mm. all of a sudden the the car's just driving itself and you're holding on to the wheel mm-hmm. and which can be a scary feeling but you, you've already paved the path you just gotta continue to drive down it yeah so hopefully we continue to accelerate because this year is starting off hot Real. And um, it's exciting to see. I, I think that, um, you know, in 365 days, we're going to be in a very different situation, not only for us, but for the world. I, I say think, but not think. It's an election year. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, this is a big year. <laughs> it's an election year. This is a huge year. Yeah, a lot of things happen in election. It's an Olympics year. It's an Olympics year? Oh, man. Yeah, it's an election year. An no Olympics wonder. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like those are things that aren't always in the forefront of my mind, but I can just feel like the excitement of the globe. Dude, <laughs> and so I feel like on. I feel more ready now to experience and process whatever is coming my way than I ever have. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's very interesting. I'm just like, That's I feel like point. almost any stimuli coming my way, I'll be able to process it in a healthy manner. Yeah, it's a blessing. Good yeah. place to be in. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's easy getting knocked off track. Little things from not get. I've knocked myself off track. I had some candy last night that I shouldn't have had. Same. I don't even like really eating candy, That's but funny. it was there. Yeah. I was like, mm. Got a little sweet tooth. <laughs> but 
I can just tell like the difference in how my stomach feels and mm-hmm. my energy, my sleep the next day, and especially like right before bed. That's awful to do. Yeah, I never really do that, but you know, sometimes you slip up and then you just gotta hop back on the horse the next day. I uh, I've seen a lot of cascades in my time. People let things turn to an avalanche, snowball effect. When and you know, we'll admit to it. You mm-hmm. know, I think me and you talked about it. it's like, well, you eat. Uh, one thing you know you shouldn't eat, then you're like, oh, well, today's kind of already in the dumps. I'll get back on it tomorrow. Rather, it just being that one thing you eat, which really wouldn't have been that detrimental. Yeah. But we sometimes take things a little too seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, the people, my clients, I'll say people, my clients will tell me about their diet and they'll be like, but I did have blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you got to treat yourself sometimes. Mm. But it's when that butt turns into like a whole weekend of gluttony, and yeah. that's the issue, right? That's interesting, especially if we're trying to bring that concept back to talking about adaptability. You well, know I mean? and I mean, you have to kind of adapt to your uh, your mistakes sometimes. Mm. And I mean, it, it, it's very easy to just take a turn and stay in that direction, but you can take a turn and turn back. You just have to have that mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes accountability to have that control, too. Yeah. Supreme accountability. Yeah. You know, and that's probably the closest you get to feeling very energetic, content, happy, and light mm-hmm. is the most uh, that you're able to take accountability for your actions. And that can get very difficult. You know, I think that's why we should take our ethics serious. Because you might do something that you don't have a philosophy to be able to like forgive yourself for, and then it can get very difficult to maneuver at mm. you know for going to sleep and just having an, your mind at ease. I don't think we understand how important it is to kind of check our morals and ethics, mm. you know, yeah, and be very That's intentional with that, point. yeah, because you're taking care of yourself by doing that, you know, you're honestly doing self care by walking in a ethical way. And I think that's a realm that it's hard for people to be adaptable in. Because mm. if you thought you were being ethical and then are educated, sometimes you may have been doing something that doesn't really agree with your current knowledge, and that's kind of hard to cope with sometimes. We've seen that in, in the grand scale in history, right? Mm. You know, people taking part in something that everybody else was doing and they thought it was the right thing, and it turns out that their perception was off. Yeah, I I think that those are interesting phenomena because some people pass away without ever knowing that Mm. what they were participating in had a detrimental effect to other people or that it might have been unethical. It's probably the only people who was brought to their awareness. Now they have to cope with the fact that that's happened. But technically, they would be a victim, you know, if they didn't have the information to be able to make the right decision, you would kind of be a victim to your environment you know (laughs) and that's that's interesting and something that you have to say very humbly because you could easily be just as plagued by that yeah phenomena yeah that's that's an interesting way to put that but i do agree with you yeah it's just uh some people could be triggered by that thought that someone was acting out of good faith and doing bad things and they never knew they were doing bad things. 
But, you know, if you are the victim to that person. Yeah, bro. And I think that's what the argument for the people who don't want critical race theory taught in the public education system. That's their argument is like we're doing bad things out of good faith. You don't need to come and like repurpose the narrative and teach our kids that it was actually out of bad faith <laughs> that we were doing those things. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's what they're trying to say as I study that and try to understand mm -hmm. it myself. Because I do understand the whole like don't come back and say all of our ancestors were just terrible people trying to hurt people because some of them really weren't they were just entrepreneurs or they were just frontiersmen and they were just going with the business practices of their time and you're trying to paint them as devils and all these different things. So I try to understand that side and but I still feel like a certain narrative of history does have to be said that's a true one. And it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so that's confusing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I try to figure out like what this all like kind of means and what what are their what they want, what they expect. Who? The Department of Education, you know, mm. because it, I don't understand fully what historic conversations or lessons are critical race theory to them. But I know that they don't want critical race theory taught. Because that's on the homepage for the Arizona Department of Education. This yeah. is right there. You know, it says if your child has been like a taught critical race theory, you know, contact us and and let's talk about it. All those different things. They don't want it happening. Yes. Well, Russ, Russ is a teacher, y'all, for, for those of y'all that don't know. And Russ is of mixed race. This is true. So when he has these conversations... Half of them is white, half of them is black. He's coming from a very neutral position. Yeah, as neutral as I possibly think I can be, bro. Right, <laughs> like, you know right. what I mean? Like, I genuinely am trying to be empathetic for every person on each side because I love every person on each side and mm -hmm. my family, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah, it's difficult. Uh, good old government-funded programs, you know? I... <laughs> uh, no, I the, the Department of Education, I think, is going to not be so responsible for our education in 10 years. Sure. Because a lot of information is just going to be available in different contexts from different companies and different, uh, you know, with different agendas. So mm -hmm. it's one of those battles that, you know, you as a teacher is very important and I'm glad that you're so aware of it, but at the same time, for to me, it's like for my daughter, I just want to figure out how I'm going to make sure I can gather and present her all of the information that I think she needs to know. Real, and that's accountability. You know? Yeah, and that's beautiful. You know, uh -huh. and I, I think you're 100% correct. That's kind of the perspective we need to have is, you know, education amongst the home mm. integrated. I used to be very against homeschool. Think about like the the social effect and not being able to um, take part in certain extracurricular activities. But there's a lot of ways around that. Mm. And I don't necessarily want to homeschool my kid. I got some time to figure that out. But it's definitely a viable option at this point in time, right? Yeah, I hear you. So when the That's time comes. I, again, I think things will be a lot different by the time uh, my daughter is in high school. Yeah. Oh, which, yeah. Which I think is like one of the most important times as far as like edu education and preparing her for the world. Mm. Like all of that basic foundational knowledge, I'm not honestly too worried about that. 
because I do think that a lot of that is the responsibility of the parent to facilitate too. So mm, as far as like your identity or your cultural cultural identity, well, that goes. and even like basic reading and arithmetic. Right. Yeah, you know, it's all it's so interesting how much just home practice of a skill can change a right. child's whole educational path because right. you just work on some math or reading like and i was talking to my wife about that just a couple of days ago because um i was i was just trying to navigate and think to her like how is it that some kids have the opportunity to skip four grades and go to college when they're 14 years old and things like that like what yeah. what setting are they in that sets them up to even do that because there has to be more people whose minds are capable but they're not in the proper setting mm. to actually be educated properly and be given the opportunity to have those leaps yeah, right for sure so i just went because i keep i try to you know be realistic about my perception but i do think that my child is advanced so i'll just keep like asking people so like how do i make sure she's in the right environment that she can you know, reach her potential and take advantage of opportunities that are appropriate for someone of her ability. You know? Yeah. So and that's such a good question that you're asking. But what makes me sad is that a lot of my friends that are teachers, they're like, oh, you don't want to go to my school. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, probably most public education. Yeah. And that makes me sad because there are people that I respect and they're teachers that I'm like, oh, I'll say like, oh, I can't wait till mm -hmm. she can be in your class. And they're like, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, man. So That's like fair. what institution can I go to where all the teachers are on the same page and presenting information that is innovative and accurate and positive and that also believe in the institution they're working for because I, I mean that's that definitely going to be a private school in the area especially right. in the area which is we're sad. in right now which is sad that it yeah. has to be that but you know is what it is yeah you know in the area you're in right now the public schools around there are going to be good schools you know, you know but they're like they change really yeah they really have they have um in mm. that i mean because they were good schools yeah but you know the um leadership i think isn't there mm. you hear a lot there's like way more fights now and the overall grade point average is lower wow. and they're not having as many kids get scholarships and bro these kids within the district i work in there's a lot of school fights that yeah. get reported instantly. it's because kids don't know how to talk to each other they don't know how to <laughs> articulate they don't know how to take uh yeah. You know, I mean, we used to have a lot of fights at our school. Not a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot, but not it would. There would be fights. Like it yeah. wasn't. If there was a fight, it was a huge deal. But maybe once a year, twice, twice a year, we. Would Which I don't fight. know. Some people don't think that's bad. I've literally heard people of status and power say that like one thing that's wrong with these kids is they don't fight. Some of these kids need to get hit in the mouth. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I never been in a fight. If you listen to this, <laughs> I, I I'll say that on mic right now. I, yeah. I, I've never punched somebody in their face, man. Man, that's <laughs> like I, yeah. twenty-seven years old. I don't plan on ever doing it. I think that's one thing that made me nervous too. I'm like, I can feel that I've had to adapt into being a father, and part of me is like that that protective nature mm -hmm. that I feel I'm more capable of that than yeah. I have been in the past, which is like it's good. 
because it's necessary, but I don't want to be in that situation. That's good, man. I feel like that's the best way to humbly walk. So don't with test a lot me. Of, right. Like I was going to say, like, I feel like that's the best way to humbly walk with a lot of strength, you know? It's, yeah. You're like, man, I feel my, you know, protective energy inside of me, but yeah. I don't want to hit anyone in the face. I guess I have with gloves on. There you you go. know, it's organized. <laughs> <laughs> Never in a street fight. Well, yeah, I feel you. Way. And that's good. That's a that's a testament to your ability to get out of a I'll situation. Also, try to stay out of these streets. That's true. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I've always I remember in use school. intuition. On I my remember side. in school one time. Uh, I thought you were gonna hit a kid in the face. Remember? You oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You didn't. And you know, what's funny is like you were so upset with this kid that in my mind I was like, "Oh, Blake definitely hit him." And then I I see you guys and you're like, "Nah." And I was like, "That's cool." That's I like, remember feeling proud in that moment. No, I was I've like, been. <laughs> I've had times in my life where I've been extremely angry with people. Yeah. And just like we were talking about on what two episodes ago i think like we all have bad thoughts we all have aggressive thoughts or naughty thoughts <laughs> like <laughs> i'll say no, it bro you, though, that's yeah. like natural naughty human thoughts. like and and it's something that people don't want to admit to but yeah. when it comes down to it it's what you do your actions are what's important yeah bro so like cope what's going on and cope with what's going on in your head yeah let your stream be of honest with yourself for sure let your stream of consciousness out. go by and observe it you know yeah. observe it without the judgments uh, you know on what's good and bad but yeah all those times that i want wanted to knock somebody in their mouth i didn't do it yeah every the consequence time. is too heavy the consequence is too heavy to. i got too much to lose mm -hmm. and i don't want to i don't want to harm someone <laughs> just because in me in that moment that's why just being present is so important yeah. you know like evaluating your situation and really thinking before you act some people can't process quickly enough to think before they act mm. and then the action comes before their brain can figure out what they're doing yeah. you know but you know, some of those instincts just got to be under control, especially if you, you know, want to, I mean, well, yeah, if you want to have control, you know, yeah. I guess not everybody wants to have control. Some people don't want to be in control. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with being in control. And sometimes when you just act like the world is doing stuff to you and you have no control, it's a little bit easier to go about it in that way. For sure. And we can talk about adaptability with that, you know, because you have to be able to adapt to the environment, even if your exactly. environment is sending you signals of distress. I can take, for instance, with teachers that have disruptive classrooms, um, you are adapting to a whole new room now. If you have like four students that are disrupting your class and purposefully being disrespectful, and you know, it sounds you're, awful. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but it, honestly, it's not. If you handle it like the correct way, you know, if you adapt to it in the correct manner. You can use that situation to show your calm, cooler head can prevail and you're the educated and mature one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or you can try to identify with their energy and let it hit you or you're, they said something that hurts your pride and now you want to stoop to a lower energy to communicate with them. And that's where you get yourself in trouble. How do you guys handle threats from students? Well, I would do a threat assessment if I thought that it was an actual threat. I mean, it just matters how much my understanding of this student and the believability i guess of there's just like so is. much anticipation that goes into your job and like trying to read the kids and like sure. keep the environment safe that's and the clinical perspective yeah so i just was curious because obviously you want to like avoid 
physical confrontations, but you don't want to like <laughs> over exaggerate certain situations For too. Sure. And you don't want to give too much reaction to a right. statement that could just really be a maladaptive behavior because right. you're upset. And I'm just thinking like, cause you work with mostly women and they have to navigate these same situations as you. So, mm-hmm. um, I get, what is, what is that? process look like helping them determine if they need to transition into more of like a a (laughs) defensive or like alarm type scenario i mean i would suggest with anyone in that type of situation that if they feel uncomfortable like make sure there's more people around you know if they have any uncomfortable feeling i'm not even no Mm -hmm. one's gonna judge them for saying they needed more people to like be around them just because they felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. just as an adult or a human being yeah you know what I mean? So that would be like the first collaboration. Step. Collaboration is always yeah. the key. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, you might have some students that are, you know, saying sexual comments to them. And right. if in the same sense, if they don't feel like a physical aggression, but they feel uncomfortable in that sense, just like have other people. Or if you've been threatened and you want to report that, you can do like a threat assessment. We can have somebody talk to them and figure out what's even really possible. Mm. You know, most students. Like I said, they'll make threats as like a maladaptive behavior, but that's very, especially in 2024, dude, that's a very difficult line to try to balance because mm-hmm. of the climate we're in with like school shootings and actual yeah. things happening inside of schools. So, you know, kids know what they can say to get people to be like, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. but there is someone who will actually do that and who actually does has, have access to what they say they do. So you have to, you know, take yeah. it all serious, but at the same time, you don't want to reinforce something with so much attention. Mm-hmm. You know, and make it and make the kid think that, oh, I could do that and make everybody so startled and get so much attention if I just say this. And, you know, yeah, you know, because you can get the same attention by working super hard and coming and doing something that is amazing and positive and you'll get the same amount of attention. You know, that's one thing I spend a lot of time trying to get kids to understand is that the attention you receive from your negative choice. Yeah, it might be quick, but it's very fleeting and it actually leaves people leave thinking that there's something wrong with you. Whereas if you took the time to gain this attention in an appropriate manner, it's going to feel better and it's going to be more motivating to you. And it might be actually something that you can use to have a positive life. And like, you know, (laughs) people, I, I feel like nobody was interested in gaining attention regularly until we got cell phones and computers, you know? No, I I think that we, I, I think that we've always been socialized to like, look for the attention of people. You know what I mean? Like your, your daughter right now, she probably is like looking for your feedback with your eyes. It's just right. like a t- attention. You but know like I mean? once you get into like the teen and adulthood Fact. population, you know, mm-hmm. you got to think back to a time where people, spent most days with their families or like on a farm and their neighbor was so far from them and they're not constantly interacting with other people or or witnessing other people's uh i guess glory and how much attention they're getting yeah you know comparing that way but they would still be um conditioned with whoever is like parenting them you know what i mean like all all of their decision making is going to come from what they were able to like get their caretakers to look at them and give them attention for because the opposite of attention is neglect exactly so So imagine you know for some of these young kids that we'll work with it's like they've been neglected and then they learned that a certain negative behavior can actually get them the attention that they're seeking right right, right. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so then you learn to get the eyes just with the wrong behavior or a maladaptive behavior Mm -hmm. 
you know so it's very it's like such an interesting thing yeah such an interesting again you have thing. to be able to adapt or else you maladapt for sure you know? yeah you know? so you gotta teach adaptability from a young age mm-hmm. but um if you're you know, basic needs aren't met, then it's hard to do, right? Yeah. And that love is a part of it. And then we, you know, and a lot of this art that we create, musicians, movies, and all that type of stuff, it kind of resonates because for a lot of us, we have a certain part of us that feels like it wasn't fully, like, maturated, or we haven't, you know, fulfilled this certain part of our spirit. So we love to listen to other people that can articulate a traumatic event in an eloquent way or in a way that helps us vibe or maybe even release some of that energy in a cathartic manner. Mm. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's kind yeah. of like we all relate with that a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. I sometimes have trouble understanding the uh, like the diehard fans mm. in certain contexts and... Uh, I enjoy music, but I've I've never like connected with a negative song, and I know people that have, and that used to confuse me. Mm. But um, it's just you really know, when you live a you blessed never, life. I don't know, man. Like I'm trying to think because I, I I think about some of those like Eminem songs when I was younger. Oh I connected God, dude! With I've heavy. never connected yeah. with an Eminem song. Yeah, like Stan. <laughs> you didn't like Stan when you were younger. I have never connected <laughs> with an Eminem song, bro. Dang, man, that's crazy. Yeah. I feel you though. That's that's really that energy is, does not yeah. align with me. A mortal technique, like you never, there was never any. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll listen to it. Yeah, but, but I feel I'm talking you, about though. connecting. I get what you're saying. Uh, it's only been the positive vibes that I've ever like really been able to feel. That's real. Yeah, that's real. That's that. I can't say the same. I was like, I was imagining, right. you know, I don't know why, but it was like the song Stan. He's talking about a bunch of crazy stuff, but exactly. I remember going on that emotional roller coaster with the, you know, writer and the characters in the song and being some. Maybe it's part of me that doesn't allow me to do it. Nah, I don't know. It's good though, because what you're saying is a way more healthy thing. It's like you know more resonate with the positivity. Yeah. But as human beings, you know sometimes our shadow loves being represented, and we want to indulge in it. You know? Shadow. Have you seen us? Uh, that's the with Jordan Peele. Yeah, the, the Jordan, Jordan Peele one. Yeah. Yeah. That the second time I watched that, I liked the concept of the shadow mm-hmm. people, like had kind of that that experience that doesn't get to experience all of the positive and yeah that concept's interesting to me mm-hmm. i don't know why it popped in my head when you said shadow yeah but those opposing factors and then it kind of just comes down to perception again to me you know mm-hmm. but um yeah because i mean you're not gonna like you know you're not gonna drown your shadow you're not gonna make it disappear with some type of practices or anything. Right. What you're going to do is integrate it. Yeah, exactly. Like you integrate it into knowing that you are a duality, you know, and, and yeah, you make the positive choices and you try to be a great person, but it's not like the ability to do the other way. It doesn't always exist with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all in this thing together. For sure. Humbly. <laughs> One in the same, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just feeling grateful. Me too. Feeling grateful for the world Prepare. and uh just to see another day. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Man, I don't I don't have anything. I feel grateful as well. I feel prepared. 
You know, I feel ready. I feel blessed that we have an observed, nationally observed holiday today, Martin Luther mm. King Jr. Day. You yeah. know, I hope everybody shout out Dr. King for sure. Long yeah. live the King. I hope everybody is brave in their endeavors and you know walks with their head up and and does the things they want with intention and feels like they have the right to the power and the things that come to them. You know. Yes. And take care of yourself because you deserve it. And if you need assistance with that, contact Elevate Personal Training LLC. You can email me Blake at ElevateHealth.coach. Or uh, visit the website, elevatehealth.coach. And as far as this beautiful production, thank you to Rhythm and Balance, LLC. Where would we be without thee? If you need any assistance with your production, or you want to reach out to inquire about being on R&B Podcast with Russ and Blake, you can email rmbpod at gmail.com make sure you like share subscribe share again whether it's on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. please find us we're also on tiktok instagram rnb underscore pod you can find us all over the place we want you to continue to Walk along this journey with us because um, we we want this thing to be as big as possible simply because we are all one in our belief. So as many ones as we can add to this concoction will make this world a much, much better place. And that is exactly what our intention here is. And that is exactly what we're going to make happen. So spread some love and positivity every opportunity you get. And... Like last week, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.